Let's get down and nerdy. You are listening to Raw and Nerdy. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is episode number 16. I am Joe the Widget, and I am joined by my fellow, um, I, I didn't want to use amazing because I've been using that way too much, and it's just completely overplaying these guys, but <laughs> my uh, awesome co-host, Mr. I'm Will. offended. I'm offended. I'm amazing. We all know this. But no, we're, we're talking about one of my favorite topics tonight, so let's get to it. And we're also joined... As always, the man with the almost master plan, Archon. Hey, what's up, guys? Unfortunately, this topic we're talking about tonight, I know very little about. So we also have a special treat for you guys tonight. We brought in a guest host from our Discord. Kilo Tango is here, and he will be helping us out today. He He's here? Oh, my God. Oh, That's amazing. Everyone, get your pens out. I can't wait. I'm very excited. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, nobody rush me, please. Uh, you know, yeah, give everybody some autograph space. Autograph my forehead. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Autograph right. whatever you want, Widget. <laughs> Whoa. So, Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. So as they were alluding to, our, t- our topic tonight, because we promised you guys on the last episode that we were not going to go into video gaming this, this week, or even for a couple weeks, really. So our topic tonight is tabletop RPGs. It's not a video game, people. Chill. It's with dice and pens and imaginations and paper and sometimes little miniatures. And then sometimes there's the many ways to do it. Oh, yeah. Many ways. <laughs> Lots of ways. And there is a way that almost makes like a video game is what Rook does a lot when he does his online D&D group. So the big topic is going to be D&D because that is the one that really started the whole tabletop RPG craze and trend back in the 60s and is going even stronger today than it ever has. So... We're going to get into that. We got some good news topics to go into. And, of course, our week. So we're going to get into our weeks first. We'll hit the news, and then we'll get into the tabletop. All right, so Sounds I'll do good. my week first. Just because it's so, so fat. Don't we normally have let our guests go first? Oh, he doesn't have anything in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't also do the week. notes on that part. Yeah, I have, oh, I've had a week. I've absolutely had a week. I've had a very proud Dungeon Daddy week, in fact. Nice, nice. Yeah, I remember reading this on Discord. Do tell. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, of course, I did play a little bit of Starfield, but not a whole lot. I'll be playing that game for the next 10 years. Um, <laughs> but a couple of things is uh, I had session one uh, last night of my new campaign. I'm running two campaigns. My one started uh, last night, and it went very well. But uh, more importantly than that is... My son started running his own campaign. He's DM, DMing his own campaign for the first time. Uh, we just had the second session today. Um, he's playing in my homebrew world that I created, and he's actually the second child who has taken on the mantle. Uh, my son is in the army. He was down in Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and the DM down there, who was running a game for the unit, had to uh, got deployed. So he so ended he up taking over. that over. Yeah. So I got I got two and. Eventually three, I'm sure that will begin uh, being a dungeon master, carrying on the family mm-hmm. legacy. And uh, I know, you know my son's like going to be pretty ticked off that he wasn't on this episode because he is <laughs> huge into D and D. And I remember when he first took on the mantle of being a DM, and he does that quite a bit with his buddies now. And I'll get into uh, that my history with my kids when we get like, into that discussion later. It's it's like a drug, man. It really is. I I, I go so long without just the creativity involved and the planning and just getting the emotional rise out of, out of your players is, is a lot of fun. But um, the only other thing that I have this week in nerdum is I finally am caught up on the Orville. My wife and I were just binging the last season and we got through it and crossing fingers for season four, but we'll see how that goes. I have not watched any of that show yet, but it, it is, is amazing. It is. On it my, is amazing. That one is on my list. I know Rook, Rook is going to object to this, but I, I'm sorry. I think they do Star Trek better than Star Trek does. They had such an awesome show, compelling characters. I'm not saying Star Trek is good. I enjoyed Next Generation and Voyager and Deep Space Nine back in the day, but um, what Seth MacFarlane does with the show is just really amazing. He did a really great job with it. Well, if you actually read his interviews or listened to his interviews, he said he made Orville to be what he thought Star Trek should have been all along. And he started well, out pretty interesting. He started out with a heavy comedic flair to it at the beginning. And then it shifted yeah. into the more of the serious 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially I'm, New New Horizons, the, this latest season, it got real. You know, my my wife and I, we I can't remember what was going on, but we're like, okay, let's watch some of the Ordville. We need some comedy, and it was mm-hmm. probably arguably like the darkest episode of the entire season. Um, so we're like, all right, yeah, something light, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he does it well. He does it. He did it well. I think they did a very good job with it. Um, I'm just I'm sad to read. Some of the stuff I have read, uh, Adrienne Pel- Pelic- Pelicki, the one that plays uh, Commander Grayson. Apparently, if there's a season four, she may not come back uh, because of the shooting schedule being so few and far between while they're waiting for Seth MacFarlane to write episodes. Yeah, he's been so, he's already said that the show's been on the back burner a lot for him because he's, all his anime series he does are always top. Yeah priority uh, on yep. the flip side to that he has already said he is backing out of doing his animated series and focusing solely on the orville really the orville and ted okay mm-hmm. then that or- orville and the ted series too that just came out mm-hmm. yeah so we'll see uh, last i read nothing's confirmed of course but seth mcfarland was quoted as saying we're working on it so Have you guys- that's all we know for now Side note, have you guys watched any of Ted yet? No. Not, not the show, no. I watched the first episode. <laughs> it is absolutely hilarious. Like, wet yourself hilarious. I was laughing so hard through the entire episode. It was... Yes, I liked it. I will have to add that to my watch list. Anything else for I your week? No, that pretty much covers it. Yeah, a lot of D&D. A little bit of video games, a little bit of TV. That's about it. Yeah, that sounds like a proper nerdy week to me. Not yeah. bad. Mr. Rook, what you no, got, man? No, it's a very short thing. I watched some anime. I watched 90s cartoons. I got Which back ones? into my roots. Uh, yeah, you can't obviously. just say that <laughs> Yeah, you gotta give us something. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh. Good one. Batman, uh, the animated series. Batman Beyond. You had me, and then you lost me. um what were the other ones i watched some animaniacs transformers gi joe (laughs) wow wow yeah all right yeah he's on binge sometimes every sometimes in the mornings uh because last week we recorded on friday and so saturday morning i woke up and i was i went to my amazon fire tv and i actually told it to bring up 90s cartoons. So you went full Saturday morning cartoon mode. Yes, I did. did. You have a oh, bowl of and cereal? Thundercats. Uh, sadly, no. I had an omelet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I nerded out on cartoons. In order to do a Saturday uh, <laughs> morning cartoon run properly, you need the biggest bowl of sugary cereal yep. you could find. Yes. I know. I failed on that regard. <laughs> and... And I but didn't I had hear you mention it. I didn't hear you mention it, but there is one cartoon that has to be involved in a Saturday morning cartoon binge, and that's the original X Men cartoon. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm. I binge that at night though. Darkwing Duck and be... Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. They were also never on good. the Saturday morning lineup though. No, they they, they weren't. I remember how Darkwing was? They the were. Origin- Disney had their own little like set of like three shows they ran every Let's Saturday see. morning. They had DuckTales. Those were my after-school after ones. For no, me, it they, was, had, uh, they had Darkwing you know? Duck, DuckTales, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. They had those on Saturday morning cartoons. I remember those being a block. I don't remember what time of the week yeah, they were. Yeah, for me, that was after-school cartoons, that and Goof Troop. But uh, for me, it was, um, I remember it started with X-Men. Then it was um, the Spider-Man cartoon. Mm-hmm. Then it was Bobby's World. Um, and I want to say, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Was yes, on there as well. My favorite yes. '90s cartoon of all time, and will always be the top, is uh, Pinky and the Brain. The Pinky oh, and the Brain. The Pinky and the Brain. Never laughed so hard <laughs> in my life to that cartoon. There was this one episode where they had pe- they was through the eyes of Pinky. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I don't remember half the episodes. <laughs> I was too busy trying to wipe the tears out of my eyes from it. Laughing See, I much. always used to watch Animaniacs, and my favorite part of Animaniacs was the Pinky and the Brain episode. Like, whenever yeah. <laughs> it would come on, I was like, yes. That's where I, that was another after-school one. That's where I got to uh, see them. Um, let's see, what other cartoons did I watch? Thundercats, obviously, but that's from the uh, 
80s. I wasn't strictly 90s. I actually nerded out pretty hard when I saw um, Paramount. Is it Paramount Plus? Yeah, Paramount Plus has uh, the old school Where in the World is Carmen San Diego show. Not the new oh. weird one on Netflix, but the old school one. And ah, oh, I told my kids, okay, I was my, like, you guys got to watch this cartoon. My my kids were just on the on that cusp where I did watch the first season of the new one, and it's it's decent. But the original, I'm I'm pretty sure that's that's where my thing for redheads came from was Ivy from the original <laughs> show. Oh, and, as a kid, I had the biggest crush on you Ivy. Too. You too, huh? Yep. You got you, you got the redhead yep. fever too. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, what absolutely. about Inspector Gadget, y'all? <laughs> That's Inspector Gadget's oh, class. Naturally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, old school Nickelodeon. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. That, That's my that's my area, man. When I grew up, I was here's, going. Here's what. Oh what? Oh, well, I was just gonna say this is one that was one of my favorites that you don't hear brought up very often. Exo Squad. Okay. Do you remember Exo Squad? That I, was I where they remember had. Seeing it. Yeah, it was big. It like um, it was really kind of on the rise of I think um, uh, like robots in in Japanese animation. But it was it was the early '90s, and it was like these guys in mech suits. Yep. Mm -hmm. Today on Raw yeah. Nerdy, we're talking about '90s cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Kind of. I'm a child of the '80s. You can't bring this stuff up and not. You know, I, I'm yeah. going to get nostalgic, you know. Exactly when, I, when I got same. Paramount Plus, I was going through it with my kids and showing <laughs> them all the old shows I used to watch. I'm like, oh, you guys got to watch this one. Oh, you guys got to watch this one. Oh, you got to watch Same thing to my kids. <laughs> Pinky in the Brain. We got to oh, watch the entire thing. Salute you you want to feel You got to watch Salute Your Shorts. Best show ever. Oh, yes. Uh, you want to feel old. You, you you sit these guys down, these youngins now, and these they're into all into anime. And I started showing them like... Uh, Cowboy Bebop and uh, Outlaw Star and uh, Neon Ooh, Genesis old and some of these older yeah. animes. Yeah. Yeah. And you realize Ninja how much. Yeah. Ninja Scroll. And you realize how much time has passed and how, how different the art styles are now. And you look at, I was watching Cowboy Bebop with my kid and I'm like, man, this looks, old. <laughs> this looks old. I started, I sat down one day and just said, decided to start watching uh, Macross or Robotech, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, God, that art art style is vastly different than what you see today. Oh, pr but, prime example. One of my one of my uh, son, my two sons. One of their favorite shows they put on on Disney Plus is the new Ducktales, and I'm like, what is this crap? You want to watch Ducktales? You watch Ducktales. You don't watch this crap. <laughs> right. Tailspin Ducktales. Oh, Ducktales. Right. Woo. The Adventures of the Gummy Bears. Uh, it goes on and on and on, man. Okay. Let's, Let, let's put a week. pin on this discussion. Yeah, I know. We, gotta, we don't we have to do an on. episode of nothing but You can bring cartoons. me back. You can bring me back for the 90s and 80s cartoons episode. I'm in for it. Yeah, I think yeah. we're going to have to talk about that. I think that might yeah, be a possibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right, Anything right, else you got, Rook? Uh, I finally got B uh, Battle uh, Battlegrounds. Baldur's Gate 3 on PC, and uh, one of the DLC for PC actually gives you a new, new background that you can create your character with. So, you know how you can choose to play a custom character, one of the characters they already have designed, but then they added the Dark Urge background. And um, it's interesting, because I killed Gale when I first saw it. I went up to uh, pull his hand out, and I was like, grab his hand to pull him out, and all of a sudden... There's flashbacks of me just cutting off the hand and whatnot, and then um, the hand sitting there on the ground when I would come back to. And uh, Shadowheart sits there and goes, you're supposed to give him a hand, not take it. <laughs> it made me just laugh, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a dark playthrough. <laughs> yeah. That killed him? Taking his hand killed him? Yeah, because he's in that portal. He's in a portal, sucking it. So you and you're trying to hand. pull him out. <laughs> he's toast. And then, uh, obviously... Uh, I golfed with Widget today and had one of my better games. I still won. <laughs> oh, yeah. Huh. We only did nine holes, but it was still fun to get out on the course again. It was great having you. My dad and I play golf every week. Well, we used to, but then he had his surgeries and he hasn't played in five months. So we're getting him back into it and he can only really play nine holes without getting too tired and too, too sore. So, mm -hmm. but we brought Rook out today and we had a blast. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Until some uh, uncourteous 
Uh, what's the word I want to use? Person. Punks. French, French individuals. <laughs> no, I was trying to figure out the PG word to say <laughs> instead of saying what I was going to say. So, some uncourteous punks. Punks. They drove up on us. So, while we were on the green on one of the holes, one of the people behind us hit the ball and it landed in between our golf carts and bounced. And I'm, I'm like, dude. Oh, while we were walking back to our carts. Oh, yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, and they had no remorse. I, I wanted to take the ball, pick it up, and throw it back at them. What my but, dad did, uh, though, when he got into the cart, he just pulled his leg up and stomped down on the golf ball and buried it to where there's maybe a quarter of an inch poke, poking out of the grass. <laughs> I didn't get that, that out now. <laughs> <laughs> That's Play been my or lies. All right, Archon, what you got, man? Uh, I spent way too much time playing in Shrouded this week. That All game is do. so hard to put down. It is it, like you want to go to bed, but you just can't. Like that's the closest to a flawless game I've played in a really, really long time. And the, just think, this old... is the early access, and they they've already announced how much oh. they're going to be adding to it. They said that basically the game has only about a quarter of the planned content currently. Yeah, and I uh, my only gripe with the game right now, obviously because it's early access, is that there's not enough of it. Like, I, I mean, there's a ton of it. I played an absolute ton, but I, I didn't want to be done. Because, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm basically at the point now where I'm max level. I've done pretty much every quest you can do. There's, like, one elixir well that, that I still need to do with Widget that we just have to, like, I mean. It'll take us 10 minutes. Much, it'll take us, like, 10 minutes. But other than that, like, we we beat the snot out of this game. and You did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. But then uh, I wanted to take a little bit of a break from it just to reset my brain. And then I'm going to go back and play another like a different class style and stuff like that. Different glass combo and, and try it that way. Because I went straight mage this time and I want to go like either straight melee or, or like ranger or something along those lines the second playthrough. Um, so I went back and went back to playing Power World for a little while. And, you know, say what you will about <laughs> Power World. I'm keeping my mouth I, shut because I'll get it from my son too. I enjoy it. It is it is so much fun. It's it's a really good time killer. It's got a lot of the same aspects. A lot of you do a lot of the same things like you do in Entrouded. It's just a little campier. And I mean A little? When I okay, when I say this, keep in mind, I by far think Entrouded is a way better game. But Power World has a few fun things in it too that like you can't. Uh, I'll do give it. it that, but you can't. You can't pull out a gun and shoot something in the face in in shrouded, and it's felt <laughs> like that with my archery in the game. But I no, think I, what... mean, I mean, pull out a straight Glock and just be like pop, pop, pop. <laughs> I know one thing that we need to do on the server is that you and I need to get together and do an epic build. We have not done that. Yes, yes, we do. I'll talk we about a little bit on my on my week, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we, we've built a few little things, but nothing big and, and epic yet and i do want to do that uh, we got to go on like a gather spree to gather up just tons of mats and then go and just build something insane um but other than that i mean the, i played just mostly those two games um and then one thing i did I, I i wouldn't say i'm super proud of it but um i do this thing every week where we pick, like, we have it on our calendar. Each week is one of our kids' quote-unquote week where that kid gets to pick which parent they want and what they want to do for, like, a two-hour block of time. And usually, um, this week it was my daughter's week, and whenever it's her week, she usually picks me. We go get some Chinese food and then come back and pick a movie and watch it. And this week, she decided to pick the Dora the Explorer movie. <laughs> oh, no. Like, the actual live-action movie, which... It wasn't the cartoon, so it's not. It wasn't dreadful, but it. I don't know. It was. It was so weird. Boots in that movie is scary. Like you guys picked the weirdest movies on that week. He is a literal. Oh, I know. She she likes watching weird. Like, just to set an example, like one week she picked Cocaine Bear, and like one <laughs> week she picked. Um, it was it was like during the month of Halloween, so she picked. Uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Like, she picks the weirdest movie she can possibly think of. Cocaine but, Bear was amazing. 
Just cocaine throwing that was out. not amazing. <laughs> that was do amazing. Not, do not give I her any validation on cocaine bear. I wish <laughs> no, I had. No, I'm, with her. I'm with her on this one. I wish I had that hour and 45 minutes of my life back. It was so bad. It's and so Blue good. Blood and Honey, I literally fell asleep during. I couldn't. I, I couldn't. It was. Ugh. But Cocaine Bear was. If you were watching it for the purpose of watching the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen in your life, then yeah. I mean, that, that's what it was. Okay, well, maybe that's. Because we, we put it on just like as like, like, all right, oh, Cocaine Bear. What the hell is this? Like, we. We weren't like we had no expectations going into it, and like okay. it really, we were like probably thinking like, all right, we're probably gonna fall asleep to this, so we don't really need to pay attention. We ended up watching the whole thing. I was rolling, laughing the entire time. It's we enjoyed it. So outlandishly dumb, right? But I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, we did Dora the Explorer, and it nothing about the movie really makes sense like she says something about how her monkey talks to her and everybody looks at her like she's completely crazy because animals don't talk but then like 20 minutes later in the movie quote unquote swiper shows up and is sitting there talking to him about how he's going to steal all their stuff and that's just totally normal nobody thinks it's weird that the fox (laughs) mascot is talking but But does the fox say Oh, but don't they go there. Saying that her fired. monkey, was, I don't know. It was the whole movie was kind of weird. Brooke has now officially been fired from the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hey, he said the fox is talking. I'm taking applications for two new hosts. I'm already here, so. Anything else for your week, bud? No, that was that was it. Um, next week, I, I'm gonna try and get some nerdiness in. I have an opportunity to because I'm going to be in Chicago for training for a week. So basically, after five o'clock, my whole evening is just do whatever I want. So hopefully I can get something cool in. I was thinking about maybe binging a show or a game or something. I don't know. We'll see. I I spent my whole last week in Santa Maria for work. So I get it in a hotel room all Uh week. Bunch of BS. I actually wound up watching a whole lot of YouTube. <clears throat> I have my favorite channels that I like to get into. Like Viva La Dirt League is amazing. If you guys have yes. not seen that, check them out. They are from New Zealand and they do the best uh, game logic videos there is. It's it's great. I watch Ben Shapiro yeah. and Education. They make me laugh. Uh, did you watch not- his rapping video? Yes, I did with, with Tom McDonald. Love it. Yes. It's so funny. Facts is the name of the song. Oh, it is so funny. Uh, I watched Niall Blue and like Smarter Every Day from my science stuff I get into. How Ridiculous and Fell Army for just stupid fun. Uh, Slow Mo Guys and React and Demolition Ranch. And the list goes on and on and on. I think I ha- have maybe about 40 or 50 channels I watch. But those are the ones I watched the most. And it was just a lot of fun. If you guys haven't seen Slow Mo Guys, check them out. It is they do the cool stuff with extremely high speed cameras, like okay. blowing stuff up and watch like spinning CDs really fast and watching them shatter in slow motion. It's great. The Slow Mo Guys, uh, yeah, I love those. I follow them on uh, Snapchat. I might take some some suggestions while I'm on my trip. Viva La Dirt League is the number one suggestion. Do that. Yes, hands down. I would love to get those guys on the show. So if you're listening by some chance, email me. <laughs> we'll make it happen. Heck yeah. I played a lot of Entroud with Archon, um, but I also started a new character because I missed out on a lot of the quests, and I made a, a warrior and... Um, not Berserker, it's a warrior and two-handed specialist. I cannot think of the name right now. Yeah. Another I, name I for kinda, Berserker. I kind of got carried away and, <laughs> and did a lot of the quests on our server by myself. Because he wasn't on. So I, I made the new character. And I'm on my private game. And I started building a fortress inside of a mountain. And having a blast with that. My guy's only like level 8 now. But I've got almost an, a massive fortress being started. And I actually live streamed a little bit of it last night. For a couple hours. That was a lot of fun. I might do that some more. Do some more live stream. And of course I played with Golf with Rook. Which was a blast. Since we didn't mm-hmm. get a chance to really hang out this weekend. So, yeah. And um, I'm trying to talk Rook into doing a three-person campaign on BG3 with me, him, and Archon. <laughs> yeah, you got to talk, talk, talk Archon into that one. <laughs> I'll talk the guys into it. 
I just can't get I can't get into it, man. It's just not my style. I'm sorry the game's not in Shroud, all right? I'll never get into that game. In so you're Shroud did dick. <laughs> I'm not going to ever get into that game, so I don't care. That's that's it. You are doing yourself a disservice right there, my friend. It is I I would give it a solid nine point eight out of ten. All right, so we spent half the show talking about our week, so let's get into the news really quick. <laughs> Rook, you want to start us off, man? What do you got? All right, so those who are crawling out from under rocks or don't have social media or don't watch the news or anything like that, Carl Weathers, who is famous for playing Apollo in the Rocky series, he played in the Predator series, and he is also Happy Gilmore's golf coach. Uh, he passed away. He uh, passed away on Friday. Guess him um, under a hole, that's really under sad. a rock, because I did not know about that. What? Yeah, I, but he F was still Carl. Yeah, F in Shafford Carl. Uh, he <laughs> was uh, he was still young compared to some of these other actors that have passed away. So a moment of silence. Okay, the moment's okay, over. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, something I've been following uh, because a friend of mine actually, a high school friend of mine actually goes to every single con that Amy Jo Johnson's at. Uh, they've become friends, apparently. That's pretty cool. But Mighty Morphin's Power Rangers, The Return, is a comic that is being written by, co-written by Amy Jo Johnson and one other person. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Uh, that Kickstarter is fully funded. So I can't wait to see them when they come out. I have awesome. a problem with Kickstarter stuff because most of the campaigns that get fully funded never come to fruition. Oh, like, this one, they're already working on it. They were just waiting for the funding, I guess, for publishing. So it's just a it's just a comic book? Yeah, it's a four-series comic book, and I think it's 112 pages on each comic so book. what I'm hearing, the fact that they had to do a Kickstarter to get publishing, it means that they're self-publishing. Probably. I got to yeah. do a little bit more research into that. So that, that could be hit or miss, depending. Scientists finally have found a way, or found out why insects are attracted to light. I don't know why I found this so amusing. Apparently, everyone in the science community found it very amusing this last week, because it was all over the news. But they found out why insects do it. Why they always go to the light. And it's actually a pretty simple solution. They have sensors on their backs that detect light. And that's how they insects know which way is up and which way is down at night because they use the light of the stars and the moon to signify as up. So they did is they did high-speed cameras doing different insects, watching them around this um, the light sources, and every bug had their back flying around towards the light. So their back was always oriented towards the light. It was their way of knowing what up is. That's cool. Oh, wow. So most of them die because they go around and around and around and around, getting disoriented, and they'll pass away. Wow. That's, That's actually, actually super interesting, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say literally those exact same words. That is that is super interesting. Yeah, I read that article last week during work because it was way too fascinating. And it gets into detail about why and how it works. And it's pretty awesome. Uh, Apple's Vision Pro, the spatial computing device, a.k.a. AR, is, um, was sent out for people to do reviews. And it's getting a lot of reviews. And they are actually very quite mixed. A lot of the Apple fanboys have praised its technology through and through and through it does some pretty cool stuff i'm not gonna lie i've watched a few of these reviews myself a couple of them were pretty poor reviews based on the facts various little facts i'm not getting into that right now we don't have time but it's interesting if you're interested in that kind of technology i would highly recommend checking it out it is way 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 overpriced for what it is yeah it's yeah. super expensive always as this, this stage it usually is yeah and usually with apple it's always overpriced uh, speaking yeah. of Apple, though, they have been ramping up their autonomous vehicle testing in a big way, more than five times the last year than normal. And it's mostly largely due to the advancement in AI technology, as it, which is making it a big thing now because everyone's trying to go driverless or not driverless cars, but self-driving vehicles. What do you guys think? Is that a good or a bad thing? As long vehicles? as every vehicle on the road is self-driving, it's a good thing with idiots on the road. And yeah. a lot of cars, nobody's going to be able to afford a bunch of these autonomous vehicles. So. A lot of people actually love the fact of driving. I don't because I drive too much for work. But they like being behind the wheel. It's like a, a pastime or a hobby to them. So you're never going to get Relaxing. strictly autonomous vehicles. 
Yeah, I'm but, a, I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a truck driver. So, and of course, that's something that they've been talking about in our field for a long time. They've already been doing cross country tests with automated videos with the engineer, quote unquote, behind the wheel. Uh, I think it's a lot of issues with that. I don't trust the computer in my truck to drive my truck for me. Um, I got a problem with the systems that are in my truck now with, uh, you know, the, the active cruise control and the things that they got lane departure and whatever. I, I can see the benefits, but um, I could probably turn this into totally different podcasts. I'm personally not <laughs> very enthused about the idea, personally. Uh, Which is fair. If, if Tess was... Uh, self-driving mode that they have that they've been beta testing for a while is any example i watch a show called uh a a youtube video or youtube channel called uh uh wham bam tesla cam and the problem with this self-driving the full self-driving beta is that it can react fairly quickly but it can't react to how the how what's the word I want to use the randomness of the human nature and right. the uh, lack of care that some humans have it's still it, early technology it's still very much in its infancy right now I personally I talked to my dad about this and we both the same conclusion like I don't know if I can trust like you just said Kilo having a computer drive my car it would make me absolutely my nerves on edge not being yeah, in control not of only, that. Not only yeah. would the car be a lot more expensive because of all the like technology in the car, but it would also like you'd think if you weren't in control and you had a computer driving your car that that would make your insurance rates and stuff go way up too. Uh Tesla's insurance isn't much higher with the FSD. Uh, but here's the thing. A lot of people say we got autonomous UAVs out there that can fly themselves. And a lot of people don't understand how aviation regulations work. You have a thousand foot airspace between you uh, and the plane above or below you. So you got a lot of uh, leeway for that plane to make its mistakes or do whatever. On a road, you don't got that same kind of space i think it's gonna be a very real possibility in the next 20 years that we're gonna see a lot of it especially if they start putting in the the sensors and stuff like that along the roadways but and mike like we talked about in the ai episode a few back ai is taking over jobs and that's another kilo's another example of that a real possibility in the future and that's not not a good thing i think i think we're ways off from it honestly uh the trucks that we use in our fleet has a lot of the bells and whistles in it and I was talking to a fellow driver of mine and the predictive cruise control that basically it slows you down if a car in front of you gets too close or, you know, it'll speed you up, whatever. Um, he had the truck lock up all the brakes on him because the truck camera, the sensors read a shadow under, an you know, under a bridge as a vehicle. Hmm. So all of a sudden alarms went off, the whole thing locked up. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean maybe eventually down the road and to be honest the way some people drive maybe it would be better if we're in a situation like rick said where you know there's all the vehicles are handled the same way and the technology advances possibly right now or in the near future i just don't see it as i was thinking about 20 years is like the active um, estimate right now here's my last piece on this as long as we're running gas-powered vehicles no because the response yeah. of a gas engine is too slow for a computer in many cases. Um, and until we get better uh, battery uh, electricity storage capa- uh, capacity or devices, I don't see electric yeah. vehicles becoming the norm. Our grid cannot handle it. Now. And I'm not yeah. going to get into it because this is going to politics, but California is making a big mistake with that. And they're trying to figure out how to make that work now. But mm-hmm. moving on. This is a very interesting, like we talked about a couple of episodes ago about a um, vaccine for cancer or not a vaccine. Yeah. Was it a vaccine? It was a treatment for cancer. That's that's in its third phase. Well, there's a, there's a startup company right now that has unlocked a way to make cheap insulin, which is a very big people, a big deal because a lot of people have diabetes that require insulin and it is way, 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 way over marked up. It's stupid yeah. expensive. Um, so the startup is our bio of Houston. Um, it's aiming to make insulin more affordable by producing a copycat version of the drug known as uh, biosimilar. 
It's not the only company developing biosimilar insulin, but it says it has invented a new process to do so using a custom-made bacteria. The CEO, Cameron Owen, says that his company has created novel strains of bacteria that can produce insulin at twice the yield than it's current than it is currently possible. Arbio announced it has completed lab tests of its biosimilar insulin to determine that it is structurally and functionally similar to a brand-named one. It plans to begin a uh, clinical trial later this year to determine whether its insulin works as well as, as a product already on the market. And in quotes, they said, well, not, yeah, in quotes, Owen said, the high price of insulin is nothing short of price gouging, which everyone can agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Period. Um, which is big pharma anyway, but we're not getting into that. That that goes into a realm we don't go into. <laughs> a 2020 estimate by the Rand Corporation put the average list price of a vial of insulin at $98 in the U.S., compared with $12 in Canada and $7.52 in U.K. Yeah. Well, that that is just a, a supply and demand issue. I mean, it's well known that obesity in America is way higher than most countries and I mean diabetes unfortunately is a disease that comes at a higher rate with obesity so yes and no Um, if you actually look uh, and look at the profit margin of a valve insulin that's not supply and demand they could knock that price down if they wanted to that's what I'm saying knock it down by a lot Mm-hmm. Th- th- that's exactly what I'm saying. The demand is so high in the U.S. that they charge whatever they want for it, which so is what I was reading. If this bacteria is successful in the clinical trials and gets released, it'll knock down the price to an average of five dollars. Now that will be that amazing, be amazing. That's, because yeah, that's yeah. on par with what a uh, EpiPen was until more recently, which is life saving. Yeah, I love reading reading about these uh, advancements in medical technology, especially with these big deals like cancer and diabetes, things like that. I'm, I'll keep up on those guys, and I'll and I'll let you guys know when there's any kind of big breakthroughs. I hate you, Joe. I love you too, man. <laughs> no, I, I put these two small articles. Here you are with this really interesting... <laughs> <laughs> it's my job, yo. But let's get into our tabletop because we're already like... 30 or 40 minutes into the show. <laughs> tabletop, guys. All right. Let's walk tabletop into it. Tabletop RPGs. So there's several types. Um, my favorite is... Uh, actually, I don't know if I have a favorite. But there's a lot of different types of tabletop RPGs. Different combat systems, different magic systems, different everything. Uh, every The most popular one is D20. Everybody knows of our, the D20 system, which was created by Dungeons & Dragons. Everybody knows that system. Not everybody. Well, I mean, friends, every gamer knows that system. <laughs> anyone who's anyone knows that system. Jeez. Yeah, there's <laughs> actually world, a yes. generic. There's actually a generic D20 gaming system. There's also an anime one called Big Guys, Small Mouth. <laughs> I don't want to go into that. Yeah, no, 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 no. It also goes into a realm we it, don't it go just, into. It just calls it that because most anime characters always have big eyes and small mouths. So, Besom, B E S M. It's actually really cool because it takes all that the was perks. Way of, too close uh, to another word. Oh, B D S M. Whoa, <laughs> Rook. Oh, there goes PG t- PG rating. Hey, just it's still PG. I just said initials. I didn't say nothing else. <laughs> You just bought uh, this to a PG-13. D20 is a very widely used system. Um, but I got to say, my favorite one I played in was World of Darkness. It, it's one of my favorite systems, only because it's more narratively driven than D&D. Yes, um, absolutely. There's also another system. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of it, called the Fate System. No, that I haven't. Is, it is 100% narrative driven. So uh, I'll have to sit down and explain it to y'all one of these days. But uh, I have never played it. The only die rolls is if you have four dice that have a blank spot, two blank spots, two plus spots, and two minus spots. And that's how you add or take away from your rolls. Hmm. It's actually a really interesting system. I um, I worked years ago. I got together with some of my fellow some designers from Bethesda, and we created a tabletop system called Nyad. Not your average dungeon. 
and it puts nah. the most of the narrative in the hands of the players. So nice. it's, it's definitely an easier system to learn, but it has interesting, interesting ways about doing it. Well, the, that requires the players to be more narratively minded too. It's the way how it works, and if you, yeah, it, it works in a way that it, it kind of not forces it, but opens the door for it. Mm-hmm. Well, about you, Kilo. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I'm here to talk about. Um, <laughs> yeah, my, I mean my uh, my my experience is somewhat similar to uh, Gary Gygax himself. Actually, I started on combat games in my teenage years, and uh, I rolled into World of Darkness. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade, Mage the Ascension, probably my, probably definitely my favorite one. Um, I've played a few more over the years, mostly it's just D and D five E now. So, um, okay, yeah. So let me ask you guys this: What is so special about tabletop RPGs? What makes it? What drives you to want to play it and do it? It really well, comes down to the people you play with. That's it. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the core of it. Or yeah. other people. Well, I've gone to um, a, uh, a an RPG store up in Buffalo, New York, with a couple of my buddies, and they do these like seasons where they have in-house uh, DMs that they'll put random people in with a into different uh, campaigns, and you go every Thursday and you play this campaign for like two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just a whole bunch of people I never met before, but I got to know them pretty well. Yeah, and it was yeah. a blast doing it, even though I didn't know these people. It they made it fun. Unlike yeah. a lot of other areas in life that I've ever seen, tabletop RPGs tend to be the one that is easiest and most welcoming to jump into and actually make new friends. Even as adults, where it's really hard to make new friends. <laughs> yeah. Especially in today's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, um, well, I, I was actually playing... I had a uh, backgrounds in boot camp. The platoon scribe came up with this, what they called the boot camp version of Alternity, which is a game system by, by originally by TSR. It's owned by someone else now. But so when I got out, I ended up getting into the Alternity books and my kids wanted to play. And that's how I initially started playing with the family is this, this other uh, system. Yeah, it was pretty complicated. The dice were kind of crazy. And we ended up, I had a friend of mine who gifted me a lot of his D&D books and through that, I found out through another friend on Facebook that he was running a game that he wanted players for. So now we've been friends with this group of people for about seven, eight years. They come to all of our big events. It really brings to get people together in a very interesting way, I think. That it does. And if you have a strong imagination, you can get really, really drawn into the story. Mm-hmm. what you're doing and your characters become an extension of you in a way yeah absolutely so when they die in the game it affects you <laughs> in a very real way sometimes mm-hmm. it certainly can and really actually... that's kind of a good dm i think if a dm can help you because you work together you're not competitive you're working together to tell a story and your investment to, to feel those emotional feelings it's a, it's a testament to the dm and the story and the people that you have around you so one of my favorite endings to a game that I had was uh, we were role-playing this world where the world's god was a changeling. This was in World of Darkness. Uh, we oh, were wow. sitting there playing. The changeling died. Oh. Uh, one of the other players found out that, quote-unquote, god died in the game. He went all crazy. But you could, in the game, they, it, you could start seeing the world separating and fading away on the horizon. And one of my endings was uh, my character ended up going to the bar he popu- that, that he uh, frequented, and he sat down with his friends and watched the world end. And wow. it, was, it was a very emotional That's ending amazing. to that game. My son yeah. calls me up all the time which I absolutely love when he does this. We've talked for hours and hours about his campaigns about those moments where he broke down in tears or they were laughing. And he always tells me in all detail about these things. Like it was a real life thing that really happened to him. <laughs> it's oh, I, I love hearing about... it. It's absolutely uh, crazy. One of the most poignant moments I've ever had in a campaign. Uh, my, my party had an instance where they knew that one of the party members was going to die. Um, 
and he did. And the way I couldn't have predicted, I couldn't have written it better, the way that each player came to the table for the funeral services and had something to offer and something to say. And it was mm-hmm. this really touching, deep moment that we we shared as friends at the table. And you can see that affected all of us and me and, you know, the rest of the party as well. That was probably the most I ever felt. And if you have a bunch a of people that can, that can voice act... Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. Uh, from a DM standpoint, there was a for the World of Darkness game, or or any game we played for that matter. There was a guy named Peter Nielsen who used to be a GM for me in our groups at the game store that a friend of ours ran, and his whole thing as a game master was watching the people live in his game. When we asked yep. him if he wanted to ever play in a game, he's like, I would rather run the game than play in it because I love watching people live in the world I've created. I like both. Yeah. I love DMing. I love being able to, to tell the story, the narrative, and to tell people yes and no a lot. But I also mm-hmm. like being that player working with my, my party and not knowing what's coming up. Uh, yeah, for I, people who don't I, know, a DM is a dungeon master. It's the person who controls the flow of the game. And It's a game master for... yeah. They're interchangeably used for GM and DM. I did tease last week that when we talked about our tabletop D&D game, I would talk about our game that we were doing that fell apart because of scheduling. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. (laughs) So we started them. I I started off running the D&D intro campaign, The Minds of Fandelver. We ended up running through it. And they got to fight the big bad wizard guy and the glass, the glass staff shattered. And when it did that, everything went to black. And then we rolled into the next session and I would pull up somebody and be like, you wake up on your bed. It, it, it's your childhood bed. You haven't seen this in four years, but you wake up and then your brother's coming into the room, jumping up on the bed to get your attention, stuff like that. And then we rolled into a backstory flashback of each character with oh, everybody cool. in at the table playing a family member or a friend of the family. I got to do a lot of voice acting, so I, I enjoyed that part. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, unfortunately, we never got past that part to roll into the homebrew because scheduling and everything fell apart my brother moved away and yeah yeah. i would love to get back into it but i gotta find a couple more players you said naomi might want to try it right yeah i think so well i'll have to talk to her again see if she's willing to give it a shot she's never played tabletop rpgs so that still it'd be a blast yeah Yeah, it's always fun having multiple genders in there oh yeah definitely yeah absolutely um all right so but yeah go ahead that brings us to our biggest cons of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you yeah. took my line. I beat you to yeah. it because it was a great segue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely, um, you know, well, I mean, I, it's less of a social stigma now than it used to be. Big mm-hmm. You know, that used to be kind of like, oh, you're, you know, you're an alternate if you're, you know, playing d d or whatever. But with Stranger Things and the popularity of, you know, Critical Role is its own country at this point. Um, you know, that, that's not as much, but scheduling. Yeah. So that can be very difficult. For is, game. I mean, the, that is the game killer, man. I, I will say yes and no to that because I know my stepson, um, he is, is big into D and D he's in a D and D club at his school and stuff like that. Me. And he does get kind of bullied sometimes and made fun of for yeah. being a, a D and D nerd. But the difference is, back when I started playing was 2003. The stigma from then to now is vastly different. Yeah, and you got it's it's, it's a lot in the mainstream media because look at uh, Stranger Things, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It brought it again to light in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just and I was, you know storytelling. You know, it is. Yeah. Okay. Like it's a little bit, yeah, maybe you have some of that that's going on, but like my oldest son, you know, he's in the army 
and he um, ended up picking up the DM, the, the DM mantle. Yeah, he ended up picking the DM mantle in his unit in the army. And this kid was like a football player his entire life, mm-hmm. you know. But he took he took part in the family D and D game. So it's transcending these these you know social dynamics, social and it's barriers. people from all whole social barriers. Thank you, and it, and it's it's becoming this thing that anybody can do, no matter where you're from. As long as you have a pen and paper, you can play D and D. Well, yeah. plus you know, you know a lot of these a lot of these guys who are making fun of kids for playing D and D, they're probably closet D and D players themselves. They just closet they nerds. Wanna, <laughs> closet wanna, nerds don't want to look dumb. Don't want to be that kid that like looks yeah. like an idiot. My son and daughter were doomed from the, the beginning because they have such a huge nerd of a dad, so they got indoctrinated <laughs> yeah. into it at a young age. Um, mm-hmm. I used to run a weekly game with two of my my buddies and my both of my kids every sunday at my house and it was so much fun i have a even on my youtube channel there's a very old video there of us doing a live D session with my kids and my buddies oh, that's awesome oh, yeah yeah so we have listed for cons time and prep yeah those uh for dm those are the ones that really uh, the average game does take quite a bit of time i mean i've average of four hours six hours <laughs> once as, yeah. Average of four hours. Yeah. Anything shorter than that tends to be uh, feel rushed. What we need to do Rick, yeah. is we need to get and do a little tiny campaign mm-hmm. uh, in the end of March when Archon's here with us and introduce oh, him yeah. into it. When yeah, are we going to have go. time for that? We're going to be at yeah, I know, right? WonderCon <laughs> all day. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to be there home. all day. We're going to get back to the hotel and be so freaking exhausted that we're not going to want to sit I'm about to go back and just sort through the audio. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. Uh, just a suggestion. <laughs> you know, you never Where know. there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, if you might go to the con and, and see all the different D&D stuff and be like, okay, maybe. Uh, <laughs> let's see what happens at the end of March. Yeah. yeah. First taste is free, Archon. First taste is free. <laughs> <laughs> I've always, I could see will. myself very seriously getting into this in a big way for a hobby. So I haven't because yeah. I look at all the like gaming tables that people are making and they get out these map layouts with these miniatures so they can create the dungeon in miniature form. And I want to yeah. do that so badly, so badly, but I just don't have the time or money to do that. Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's all gravy. That's all, oh, dude, they're outrageous. But again, that's, that's all, that's all gravy. You know, you actually, for anybody considering it, you need very, very little. Basic rules are available for free online. As long as you have some line paper and a pencil and some dice, you know, for under 10 bucks, you're ready to go. And, you know, if you're joining a a party, another table, you know, they're going to have stuff that they'll be able to lend you until you can get your own. It's actually really easy and rewarding hobby to get into. That's what I would want to do is really do that miniature thing and really get into it. You don't have to. The miniatures. So if the I had a credit card make... with no limit and a Dwarven Forge account, it'd be over with. <laughs> the, uh, oh, cr- uh, the miniatures make it really easy to I visualize combat scenarios and stuff, but some of my favorite memories of gaming is just thinking and visualizing everything that's Theater of the Mind. The game. Yeah. Theater of the Mind, yeah. Yeah, Vampire was good for that. The World of Darkness uh, system was really, it was all typically mm-hmm. Theater of the Mind. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. a World of Darkness its own system, or is it just a like it's a, the, so World it's like its of Darkness universe. is its own universe and system. Mage Ascension, World of Darkness, uh, Vampire to Masquerade, uh, Werewolf, and there's another one. They're they're all different aspects of that game. Okay. So Angeling, but, Wolf, uh, Wraith. Yeah, they're yeah. all just different at subjects in that system. Theoretically, actually, very easy to cross them over. Oh, yeah. Not theoretically. So it actually is really easy to cross them over. Yeah, well, yeah. Until you get to the most co- overcomplicated game system ever made by Stephen Jackson. And that's GURPS. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, GURPS, General Universal Role-Playing System. Never even heard so, of it. So, if you play a magic... It's like this. If you play a magic character... You pick the most powerful spell you want and you build your character backwards from there because otherwise it's going to be so overcomplicated trying to get everything there because each spell has your prerequisite. The prerequisites have prerequisites. Oh, jeez. But it did have one of the best descriptions of a plus 10 difficulty modifier. A high-speed chase in the winter... Uh, high-speed chase in the snow, driving with your knees while you're trying to fire a rocket launcher at a car. Sound of that. Wow. Makes a lot of GURP. 
(laughs) (laughs) But no, it's a very complicated system, but it can be a real reward. It's a very universal system. I think I still got my my spell cards and my my books at your house. Probably. Yeah. I got a lot of D&D books here, so... I have a lot of the third edition. I have my fifth edition. I sadly have some fourth edition books. The oh, edition boom. we don't talk about. <laughs> you talk about <laughs> it. Edition. Uh, is it like no, fourth, fourth edition is literally Hasbro trying to make uh, D&D a MMO. Did Pretty you, much. Did you if name you've your fourth edition books, Bruno? <laughs> no, don't if you've ever played... If you ever played the that. newer Neverwinter game, that is literally 4th edition D&D. Well, if you guys have ever played Bowser's Gate 3, you've pretty much played D&D. Just mm-hmm. with pre-recorded DM. <laughs> yep. Kind of. Essentially. Alright, so anything yep. else you guys want to talk about on this subject before we call it a night? Uh, I just want to say uh, one thing to anybody out there who is thinking about getting to the tabletop. Um, you know, there's a lot out there. A lot of it can be overwhelming, but also it can help you kind of find your place within the community. There's all sorts of different games from one page RPGs that are free to download called Cthulhu, which is like a horror, more of a horror game. Uh, there's, there's one player tabletop games even, uh, that come with a book that you fill out on your own. Um, there's cyberpunk, the video game, it came from a TTRPG. There's all sorts of stuff out there. You can certainly find something that you that you like and of course there's also things like facebook groups and and discords servers and reddits where you can find other people that play these games so if anything catches your fancy give it a shot try to hook up with some other people playing the same game and uh just see where it takes you you know so, it may be uh yeah, maybe something that could change your life meet people mm-hmm. you never thought you'd meet before you know so, yeah do get like individuals that's why we do the show uh yeah. and if you can't go to be in person, which I highly recommend doing these games in person. It's so much better. Rook, why don't you tell us a little bit about like doing the digital version? All right. So those who have been listening to us for a while know that I play a, a bi-weekly online D&D game. It's done through Foundry, a group called Mythical Rollers. Uh, the way I found this group was the D&D subreddit. I asked... I posted a subreddit, or not subreddit, a topic in there asking, hey, is there any open D&D games that anybody knows about? I'm looking for this, this, and this. And people, I had like three people come back to me within 24 hours and say, hey, I got openings on this day and this day. Or, hey, what days are you available? Because we might be doing one on this day at this time. So it's really easy to find online games. And it's awesome because it's literally, it just, they... A lot of them use Foundry these days, which just turns your desktop into your tabletop. It actually ha- it in most cases, it actually has the animation of the dice rolling and stuff like that. And they're still fun communities. I've been with this group I play with now for three years. And I, I thought I'd only been with them for a year. And they're like, no, you were with us from this day. And it's like, wow, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a, there's yeah, that really expands your uh your possible player base if you looked online. I have a I have a campaign online. Previously I was playing uh actually Fallout through Modifius uh created uh Bethesda created uh the Fallout 2D 2D20 system um that we played on Twitch and you know, that was a lot of fun too. And again, these are people that I would never have met or, you know, even talked to let alone play a game with uh if it wasn't for tabletop all right awesome guys we're gonna go ahead and wrap up the show here tonight like always you can reach this this show email us for business for whatever you want to talk about podcast raw at gmail.com um our x aka twitter is podcast raw remember it's plural podcasts uh facebook eh, starfield raw is probably your best bet and our instagram raw podcast one because i had to be different <laughs> always if you want to join our discord and talk to everybody talk to the host just talk to like-minded individuals and have fun and different various nerdy things. Discord.gg forward slash raw podcasts. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. And uh, this is your chance, Mr. Kilo, to plug yourself. All right. I'm uh, Kilo Tango 1122. Pretty much everywhere. Tumblr, Twitch, X, Instagram. It's my handles. Reddit. My handle is the same everywhere. Because I do things simple. I'm like Rook. So. Most of mine's the same. <laughs> and do you do anything special online you want people to know about? Uh, 
but not at this time in any public manner. No. Cool. He is one of our most active uh, listeners yes. in the Discord. Yeah, you can catch you can catch me in the Discord pretty regularly. Yep. <laughs> Come out and say hi. I say I heard you all raw nerdy. <laughs> you can find me everywhere, pretty much the same way as Kilo, but I am at the widget t h e w i g i t. So Discord X, uh, any game platform, pretty much everywhere. So yeah, that's it for me. Everywhere minus Steam and X. I am Tomcat213. For Steam and X, I am Rook213. And for me, pretty much all social media, I am the Archon 606 And for all video gaming platforms, I am Quick, Q-W-I-C-K underscore D underscore 606. And if you've even thought about playing Starfield or been interested in it or want to know more about it, check out our other show, Starfield Raw. And everybody, that's a good one. Have a fantastic nerdy week, and we'll talk to you all later. Stay nerdy, everybody. Later. Keep on being a nerd, no matter what anyone says. 